thank you everyone for joining this service online from wherever you're joining from, from you know, all of our social media platforms. And if you're watching on TV, uh, and also a shout out to all of our, our friends from Elevate GTA uh, Church in Canada, also joining this online. I just want to welcome everyone. I believe uh, that the hand of God is at work in your life. And I want you to take distractions away from you as you get ready to be blessed today. It's always a joy to bring you the word of God this season. And I know whether you're in your bedroom, you're in your living room, you're on the road or you're at work, wherever you are right now, uh, the word of God will richly bless you today as you choose to concentrate on the word of God. Uh, but the Bible says where the word of the king is, there is power. And I pray the power of Jesus Christ and the power of the spirit of God upon you as you partake of this time of teaching and preaching of God's word in Jesus' precious name, amen. So today we're continuing our teaching series, uh, Loving and Living, which we've taught spies. And I know you've been enjoying this. And my prayer is that every word that will be spoken today will bless your heart, change your life in the name of Jesus. We're on the third spice. You know, we started uh, uh, with the first and second uh, uh, priority and the, the need for us to uh, prioritize uh, our, our spouses or partners in relationships, uh, and that that I got very great feedback uh, from 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 that. And also, we talk about pursuit, pursuit. Uh, the fact that uh, uh, we we when we uh, seek to cleave uh, is something that we do for the rest of our lives. A man shall leave his father and mother and uh, cleave or gravitate towards his 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 wife. And we continue in that same third line today, and I'm going to read again Genesis chapter 2, our anchor scripture uh, from verse 24. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24, which is the anchor scripture uh, for uh, the Spice series. I'm going to the third Spice today. Uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24, the Bible says, Therefore, a man shall leave uh, uh, his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So we have looked at the man leaving his father and mother, uh, uh, which we talk about priorities, prioritizing other relationships beyond, I mean, your current relationship, beyond the ones that you have been used to, whether it's father and mother, sibling, friend, and all that. And he said he shall leave his father and mother and, and cleave uh, to, to his wife, which is the pursuit. Uh, but he said, after the pursuit, can you put the scripture back on for me? After the pursuit, uh, the, 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 the next thing is that it shall be joined to his wife or cleave to his wife. Then they shall become one flesh. One flesh. They shall become one flesh. They shall become one flesh. I'm speaking to, about the third spice today, which is oneness. Oneness. The concept of one flesh. One flesh. Oneness. It's important to know that oneness is the key to establishing true intimacy in a relationship. So it speaks to partnership. It speaks to bonding. It speaks to soul connection. When you talk about oneness, you're talking about partnership. You're talking about bonding. You're talking about soul connection. That's what it speaks to. It speaks to oneness. I mean, it speaks to bonding. It speaks to soul connection. It speaks to partnership and many other words that we can use. Because the Bible says, the two of them shall become one flesh, one flesh. So marriage should bring oneness in different areas of life. And there are many areas of life where we must seek oneness in marriage. And it starts from a courtship relationship, a dating relationship, like I said. Uh, if you don't have some things at the back of your mind as an unmarried person from the beginning, if you, you, and you don't start uh, to spice your relationship up, with that mindset, you get to a point when you get into marriage, it becomes a struggle, a serious struggle when you get into marriage. It becomes a serious, serious struggle. So marriage should bring oneness in different areas of life, emotionally, you know, emotional oneness. I mean, one, or oneness emotionally. And then physical oneness, you know, uh, uh, financial, you know, uh, uh, financial oneness. Or, or, or financial bonding, or financial, you know, whatever you want to call it. We have to be one financially. We have to be one emotionally. And we have to be one spiritually as well. Spiritually. So uh, that, 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 this is what creates or makes for one, real oneness. When we can say 
We're one spiritually, we're one financially, we're one emotionally, we're one physically. And in preparing for oneness, some things are very important. So the main spice that everyone during this service today, you must have at the back of your mind is oneness. The main spice I'm speaking to, which is the third one, oneness. And the, the, the question you should ask yourself is this. What level of oneness, on the scale of one to ten, how do I rate our oneness in this relationship? On the scale of one to ten, uh, depending on how long you've been married. Some people have been married for over ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, thirty years, or, or marriage into forty years. Sometimes longevity may not yield oneness if there are cracks and foundational issues that have been uh, unaddressed over the years. You know, two people can be in a relationship, and rather than growing together and getting divine alignment, they are growing apart. They're growing apart in different ways. That's why uh, longevity in marriage does not mean that the marriage may still not fall apart. I've seen people divorce after 40 years of marriage. People have gone apart after 30 years of marriage. Uh, so because people have different level of endurance, but if you're not doing the right thing, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? When we don't pay attention to foundation, righteousness becomes, you know, irrelevant. Because from whether you are righteous or not, foundation is, is, is critical. You can't be building a house and you say, because I speak in tongues, uh, if it's supposed to be a raft foundation, I do normal foundation. Or if I'm supposed to sink piles so that I will have, the, 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 this house will be secured. Jesus said, a man that built his house on the rock. He said, a, a wise man will be likened to a man that built his house on the rock. I, I don't want to get there today, but I needed to understand that as critical things in our the foundation of our lives, that when we look away from them, we may be building, but we're building on the wrong structure, or on the wrong premise, on the wrong foundation. And it's just a matter of time. Jesus said in that parable, uh, uh, in that story, he said, when uh, the wind came, you know, uh, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. The wind will always come. And we live in a time right now where the wind seems to be blowing, you know, more vehemently and a bit more frequently. We have the wind of the pandemic that is still blowing lightly in different parts of the world. In some places, it's still rigorous. We have the post-COVID era where the wind of, of, you know, of finance will blow, where the, you know, the wind of inflation, the wind of uh, school fees, and all kinds of things, uh, emotional separation, all kinds of things. People will have to work maybe in different cities. Many things that will test relationships, whether marriage relationship or courtship relationship. There are things that are coming to test the metal of your foundation, the strength of your foundation. And so it, 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 it's important at this time for us to look at some of these things that we, uh, uh, that we hate oneness. Oneness will spice any relationship to the point that, you know, it, 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 it becomes so sweet. Because when there's oneness, you can endure. When there's oneness, many things can happen. So in preparing for oneness, let me put a few things on the table. One is that you need to know that oldness leads to oneness. Oldness leads to oneness. That's our first mindset in preparing for oneness as a spice in your relationship. Whether married or married, uh, you have to have at the back of your mind that God's original intention, according to Genesis 2 and 24, the big part of it is that and the two of them shall become one flesh. Anything that is apart from that is not according to God's original intention. But the first thing that you should know is that wholeness leads to oneness. What do, how do I mean? Wholeness is one plus one, not half plus half. Yeah, wholeness is one plus one, not half plus half. And we need to understand that, especially on married people, singles, you know, listening to me today, uh, are you striving for wholeness? Are you single and whole? Or single and battered? Are there things chipping off your wholeness, you know, so strongly and you are not aware of them? Are you lingering from one relationship to the other and something keeps chipping off, chipping off your wholeness and you are mindful of it to rebuild yourself back spiritually, emotionally? Psychologically, 
mentally to, to, to be whole and stable because it is impossible to achieve wholeness, I mean, uh, to, to achieve oneness in marriage when uh, uh, one and a half, I mean, one came to, to be joined to half or one quarter. <laughs> and even when we have half and half, half and half cannot reach. This is not mathematics. This is uh, marriage-matics. <laughs> if there's anything like that. Because somebody will be wondering, ah, PG, why you say, but you said you studied engineering in school and you're still telling me that half and half cannot become one. Uh, that is engineering, that is mathematics. But in this matter <laughs> of, of marriage-matics or the spiritual way of looking at it, one whole person plus another whole person, the two of them come together and that's when they become one. That's when they become one. One plus one in marriagematics is one, not two. Yeah. And when you bring half plus half, it will not achieve one. It will not achieve one. There will be a lot of imbalance in that equation. So things that cheap off or, or cheap at our wholeness, self-esteem issues. And if you are unmarried, you need to take this very seriously. If you're married, you're already in your struggle as I speak. Because you are struggling to achieve wholeness. So that marriage is not well spiced with wholeness, or sorry, with oneness. Your lack of wholeness is, 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 is standing against oneness. There are many marriages, many people listening to me right now, who will say, we well, have been struggling to be one. Now you can understand some of the reasons why you are struggling to be one, and you need to listen to what I'm teaching today very, very well. So self-esteem issues, fear of being cheated, you know, being cheated, hurt, or disappointed makes people to pull back. Rather than putting your whole self in a relationship, you put one quarter of yourself or half of yourself. I'm going to show you a lot more about that very soon. Brokenness. No amount of water can fill a broken pot. Many people are in relationships right now. You are leaking in different areas. You came into that relationship or into that marriage with all kinds of leakages all around you. And then you are complaining that your spouse or partner is not pouring enough water. You want to kill the person because there's no amount of water that you can pour when somebody is draining so fast, that vessel will not be full. You need God to help you achieve wholeness. You need to strive for wholeness. You need to be complete in God. And Bible says we are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and powers. That's Christ. And when you get into Christ, you are, you are healed. You are redeemed. He paid the price for your soul and my soul. Uh, for us to be redeemed and restored. But when we, we refuse to grow, when we refuse uh, to strive for emotional balance, spiritual strength, the Bible says if you fail in the day of adversity, it said your strength is small. Your strength is small. If you fail in the day of adversity, your strength is small. It's not about the adversity, it's about your strength. It's about your strength. I think that's Proverbs 24 and verse 10 or so. If you fail the of adversity, your strength is small. It's not about the adversity. It's about your strength. Now, when, when you are struggling for, for wholeness, you, you realize that you, you will be leaking grace, leaking goodness. And people around you will struggle, I mean, will struggle to help you to be stable. Unbridled anger. Insecurity. You know, it's difficult to please somebody who is insecure. Ah, I've had the opportunity of, uh, you know, being friends with people who are insecure before, even working with some people who are insecure. It, it, it's, it's terrible. You almost kill yourself to make them understand a simple thing because they read whatever you say, they read the meaning into it based on their own level of insecurity. If somebody thinks you want to take their job, even if you make a good recommendation about them, they still think you have a motive they, because they are insecure. You know, inability to take correction. Those are the manifestations that, that you see. So you see people in relationships, you see people in marriage. Simple correction is difficult because you, are, you have something you are dealing with. And the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. When we're in a relationship, we're supposed to be able to sharpen each other. I can't sharpen you if I cannot brush against you. If I cannot brush against you, which is to correct you, to help you to gain you know, the right direction sometimes, to correct you, to help you to gain the right mindset about certain issues, but people struggle with that just because they don't want anybody to correct them. It's time to get your missing parts back. 
so you can fit together properly. Because that's the will of God. Yeah. You are all, you know, a part of, of, of a puzzle. And you need to get, I mean, when you come in with all your pieces, then this whole big puzzle can work. But when I leave my own aside, and I, I'm mindful of the things that I'm dealing with, I create problem in a relationship. I create problem in a relationship. Secondly, we're talking about prepping for, for oneness. Secondly, marriage is the ultimate merger. The ultimate merger. Yeah, marriage is the ultimate merger. Two come together and become one. When two, you know, come together, they become one. That's what the scripture says. Uh, um, uh, the, the act of becoming one flesh involves much more than sex. In sex, you know, physically speaking, we lock into each other. And it's, it's God's demonstration of oneness physically. Many people have been one with too many people. They've lost themselves in the process. So getting into marriage, because you've been one with too many people physically, you don't even know how to be one emotionally with people again or how to be one, you know, uh, spiritually with people again. But let's leave that aside right now. But I'm saying that marriage is a merger. So please listen to this. Marriage is a union in which all things previously owned and managed separately are now owned and managed jointly with no exceptions. That's very hard, and I know, because I'm married. I've been married about 17 years now. I know. It's very hard. What I just said now is very hard. But you know, I didn't, I didn't, read, I didn't write the Bible, and that's what the Bible says, <laughs> that you don't leave anything behind. You bring everything. So marriage, I'll read it again. Marriage is a union in which all things previously owned and managed separately are now owned and managed jointly with no exceptions. And somebody may be saying, oh, PG, you said no exceptions. Yes, I said no exceptions, no exceptions. If there's going to be any exception at all, let me digress just to speak to a people group. If there would be any exception at all, maybe we are talking about blended marriage or blended families, sorry, blended families. In a blended family where somebody has been married before with children, and that person has been married before maybe with children also, and they, they now came together in blended, blended marriage or blended family, uh, you, we may have a situation where somebody will say, you know what, this asset that I have, because I don't want to create confusion in this relationship, I have ceded it to this, my children. This is what I'm bringing into this relationship. Yeah. This is what I'm bringing into this relationship. And it could be vice versa. So there could be a situation uh, that may necessitate certain exception, but not in, that is in an extraordinary circumstance. But I'm saying on a very simple level of boy meets girl, and then if it's a Christian relationship, the Holy Ghost has spoken to both of them, and they're going together, uh, what was owned and managed separately will now be owned and managed jointly, completely. So, one of the golden rules in mergers and acquisition in business, for instance, is a full disclosure, a full disclosure of asset and liabilities. And it's, it's, it obtains also in, in marriage or any love relationship that will be run according to the scriptures. If you're going to run according to the scriptures, you must sign up for full disclosure, full disclosure of assets and liabilities, full disclosure of assets and liabilities, and bring everything that you have in. So if there's something you're unwilling to merge into the marriage, you're breaking the oneness code and violating the right of your spouse when you decide to take anything away. Uh, let, let me just, let me, let me illustrate what I'm saying. Join me in my kitchen as I illustrate what I'm talking about uh, 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 today. So in this kitchen today, I'm not, I'm not cooking with spices. We, we want to look at the making of a cake. The making of a cake. So if you want to bake a cake, like you, you, you can see I have a mixer here and I have uh, the, the, the ingredients here, the different things that come in. So in a marriage, or a relationship that will become a marriage, but let's even focus on a marriage, uh, one thing that is certain is that we want to have a family cake, like we say national cake in this part of the world. 
The problem with cake most of the time is that everybody wants to partake of the cake, but not everybody wants to be a part of baking it or bringing uh, their part into baking it. So like, for instance, if you're like me, a Nigerian like me, we say something here in Nigeria that uh, 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 we want to take a part of our own national cake. But what have you done to bake that national cake? In a marriage, if we're not careful, that kind of thing also happens. So if you look at what I have here, I, I have uh, the flour here. I have um, uh, sugar, you know, I have, uh, 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 you know, chocolate chips uh, that they use to, you know, to, uh, to, to, to garnish and all that, the cake, all kinds of stuff here, um, the, the, uh, the flavorings and all that. This is butter, uh, milk, eggs, you know, to make, I mean, to, 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 to make this thing solid. All these eventually will come into the mixer. Yeah, everything comes into the mixer. And then we mix everything together, and that's when we can get a good cake. That's when we get a good cake, when we mix everything together. You know, we get a good cake. Something like this is what comes out of it eventually. I'm sure some people are wondering, PG, are you going to operate this mixer for us? And uh, uh, I need time to preach this message. So let, let's just assume that I've finished with it, and this is what I get out of it. Somebody's still following me. And I know, I know you, 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 you're loving this cake. Uh, uh, when you get home, maybe you should, you, you should try to get some to eat. Praise God. All right. But this is what I'm saying. In a marriage, somebody may have the egg and the milk, while somebody has butter and flavoring. And, uh, and flour. If we really want to have a great cake, we need to bring everything that we have together and mix it together. That's how we achieve oneness. Mixing everything together, we get a great cake. In many marriages and many relationships today, what you have is a flat cake, cake that cannot rise. Because the thing that will make it rise, somebody has, you know, somebody's been holding on to it. Yeah. Uh, what you have is a cake without Maybe without, any, without eggs or without a butter. Because somebody has the butter, but the person is holding on to it. You're not putting what you have together so we can mix it together and achieve the cake that we want. And when we put everything together like that, you know, like the Bible says, behold, how beautiful, how wonderful. When brothers and sisters connect. In the book of Psalms, it said it's like uh, the oil that is poured upon the head of Aaron that flowed down to his bed and to his cat. And he said in that place, God commands his blessing. Uh, unity brings a blessing. Unity brings providential help. One will chase a thousand. One will chase a thousand. Two, two, two will chase ten thousand. Look at how God has multiplied their effort. So when we all bring what we have together, we're talk, if we're talking about finances, for instance, there's a concept of household income. The household income is not just the income of the man. I'm sure men like what I'm saying right now. <laughs> and ladies, uh, don't be too quick you know, to, to, to switch off. Still listen to me. The household income is the income of the household, not just the income of one person. Now, the man is supposed to take responsibility, but in oneness, you can't run riot with what you have, just doing whatever you like, without you know, any input from your spouse at all. If your spouse says, keep your money, spend it the way you like, fine. That's his prerogative and it's okay. If he says, I want to know what's happening there because this is what is happening here and this is what we have to spend, then it's not bad because we need to achieve financial oneness. I need to know how much you earn and you need to know how much I earn. That may sound hard because of the way some people have prioritized their marriages or relationships. And if you're in a courtship or dating relationship right now, you, you need to be able to talk about the things that matter. So you know where you are. And you can ask the right question. Let, let, me, let me get back in, into a few more points from the word of God. You, you should know where you are so you can ask the right question. You need to be able to say, look, uh, uh, am I ready to go with this person? So when we willingly surrender everything to joint ownership and control, we will build uh, the, the spirit of trust and intimacy in the relationship. That's what happens when we willingly, willingly, not coerced, willingly surrender all everything that we have into it. What happens is that we see the hand of God, the grace of God, trust, we, we, we hit the roof. It will go to the next level because many marriages are struggling for lack of trust today. 
Because somebody's holding on to somebody, something. Here and there, too many things in darkness that's not making this marriage to gain the speed that it's supposed to have. So when you understand what I'm saying today, then you understand that the concept of prenups, prenuptial agreement, or some people even say postnup, I, I don't know about that. Prenup, whatever, they are for jokers. Yeah. Prenup or postnup, if, if there's anything like that, those are for jokers. People who want to run their relationship according to the Bible. Christ, a Christian relationship, they don't think about prenups. All that I have, all that I will ever have, they all uh, belong to God. God gave me. And he gave me because he wants me to bring it into my family unit, my relationship or my marriage, so that we can build together. So I can't say I'm going to hold this back, so let's sign a prenup. That's, 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 that's human making. It's not, it's not scripture in any way. In any way. So, big question is, before marriage, married people, singles, listen to me today, you need to ask yourself the question, can I trust this person completely with every area of my life? Can I trust this person completely with every area of my life? And I, my, my suggestion to you is that uh, to make a good decision most of the time, at least you should score, that question should give you over 70%. If you grade it on 100%, you should be able to say 70%, 75%, 80%, 90%. You shouldn't go ahead and marry somebody that if you ask that question, you are saying, ah, it's 40%. Because of their character and the way they behave and the way they do stuff. I can't, I can't trust this person completely with every area of my life. Because I've seen how they handle things. If, uh, until you get to a level, you shouldn't say, yes, many people are getting proposal for marriage today. And they are not thinking or asking this kind of question. Then you then get into the relationship, you realize that there's no oneness. The person married you, maybe to make you like another furniture in the house. And then you say, I don't even know what you are doing. Saying yes to marry somebody whose line of work you have not verified. You know? And guys, the same thing. You see a, a babe, she's just, you know, altogether okay and looks like full package. And then in your mind, this is the babe. This is, God is already speaking to you when God has not even woken up concerning your. <laughs> If there's anything like that. God, God is not even in the, maybe, I mean, maybe in, he has not even been brought in because God knows everything. But what I'm saying is that you have not even invited him into it. You have not spoken to him about it and he said he has spoken to you. Just because of what you, you have seen. And then we get on with it, we realize that we cannot achieve oneness. That will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. I pray for somebody here today uh, that the channels of your spirit will open up this season in the name of Jesus. There shall not be darkness in your heart again. You will understand the will of God. You will understand the purpose of God for your relational life in the name of Jesus. My God will order your steps. Before you say yes to anything, the Spirit of God will bear witness in your heart. Uh, in the name of Jesus, God will open your eyes to see the things that you need to see in the name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody say a big amen to that. Glory be to Jesus. So uh, the third thing I'll say about this today, about oneness, is that oneness requires the surrender of your bodies. Surrender of our bodies, especially I'm speaking to, to, to married people right now. Oneness requires surrender. So though marriage is beyond sex, your understanding of sex and intimacy matters a lot. It matters a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Because marriage cannot be successful without being one physically in sexual intimacy. Yeah, we consummate marriage even under the common law, there has to be a consummation. And that consummation is done with sexual intercourse. So uh, you cannot continue to lay claim to your body or you cannot continue to, you know, because there are many things that people do to, to break the oneness code relationally or in the area of intimacy in their marriage. First Corinthians chapter 7, when you read from verse 3 to 5 in the New Living Translation, First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 to 5, look at what it says. Said the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. New Living Translation, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, from verse 3 to 5. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited, I wish I can put that in capital letter, limited time, limited. 
Uh, let me tell somebody beside you, say limited. Yeah, it's a limited time. It's not supposed to be prolonged. Except for a limited time, so you can give yourself more completely to prayer. So some people are, oh, I want to pray, I want to fast, I'm taking seven days, I'm taking. The longest fast in the Bible is 40 days. Yeah. You cannot leave your spouse for one year praying and fasting. Because of what? You want to save the whole world? Why did you get married if you're going to frustrate somebody? Because they have their needs, emotional and sexual needs. And you cannot say, oh, uh, God has called me. I'm, I'm a pastor. I've been pastoring for uh, over 25 years now. Uh, 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 God can move in your life. It's not about depriving your, your, your spouse that will make God move in your life. Some people are just religious and they are destroying their relationships, destroying their homes, just with a sense of religion. God honors the oneness code and he expects you to carry your spouse along. You are no longer two, but one. God will not give you instruction uh, that your, your spouse will struggle with without touching the heart of your spouse. Are you still with me today? And it's when we're taking the thing too far that it becomes a problem. Uh, and uh, and uh, Paul, writing here in 1 Corinthians here, he says, afterwards you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So don't use sex as a weapon or bargaining chip in your marriage. Don't use sex as a weapon or bargaining chip in your marriage. What God has in mind is oneness physically. Oneness physically. And meeting each other's needs. Other's needs. We need to be one. You know, a situation where uh, uh, a woman wants something from her husband. And then he says, oh, if only you do this for me. You will have, you know, any kind of sex you want every other day. You know, what, what, before, uncle? You know, be, what, what about before? Are, is that not the way it's supposed to be? That you are now using it, uh, you know, as a bargaining chip. Uh, uh, you know, some men too is the same. Uh, because you have not been responding to me. Some people will even say, I'm not, I'm not going to pay the school fees of the children until. <laughs> I know what I'm saying sounds funny. It sounds funny to me too, but I've heard all kinds of things in counseling. Especially when we allow frustration to set in because we're abusing what God expects us to put on the table as a matter of submission. It's a matter of submission. So it's supposed to be given freely with no one feeling violated or used. Your body does not belong to you. It belongs to your spouse in marriage. Yeah. And you need to yield it under some level of agreement. That's how we achieve oneness. Uh, please listen to me. I'm going to speak to that more, a little more next Sunday, on the issue of, you know, of purity. Uh, uh, the moment you are seeking to meet your needs outside of your marriage, need for sex, you know, sexual fulfillment, emotional fulfillment, you are breaking the oneness code. You are taking that spice out. That marriage cannot be the same again. You have to redo something and repair and trust God to redeem that relationship. Glory be to Jesus. So remember, it's not... Uh, the, the fourth thing I'll say is that we should remember that it's not a merger. I mean, it, it, it's a merger, not an acquisition. Not an acquisition. It's a merger, not an acquisition. So uh, the, 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 the enemy of oneness is, is dominance. Listen to this last point I'm making today. To gain oneness in marriage or oneness in a relationship, you must understand that biblical marriage is a merger, not an acquisition. In acquisition, you have dominance. Somebody acquired the other person. Business people here will understand this language because we talk about M&A, mergers and acquisition, in business. Merger is, is two equals coming together. And then they subsume each other and work together. In acquisition, somebody comes who has more money, more economies of scale or whatever you, you, or influence and buys the other person and fully subsumes the, the other brand completely. And when we want to see marriage like that uh, or we approach relationships like that so that you're thinking that when you get into a marriage, you're going to subsume this person, you're not doing well at all. That's not the right mindset to it. God then creates us, you know, uh, to dominate each other. And control is against our design. It's against our design. You know, Genesis 1, uh, it says, uh, uh, be fruitful, multiply, 
replenish the heart, subdue it from verse uh, 25 or 26 down there. And he said, have dominion over everything. The birds, you know, the things that, you know, creep upon the face of the earth. Uh, uh, but he did not say uh, that you should have dominion over another human being. No, he didn't say that. So, uh, and when you look at it, when God created man and woman, the first man and the first woman, he put them in a garden called Eden. Eden, uh, uh, it, it means pleasure and delight. You can't put somebody in Eden, which is supposed to be a place of pleasure and delight, and it looks like a prison yard because somebody is dominating them there. That's what messes up marriages today. Marriages are supposed to operate in Eden under pleasure and delight. Dominance would destroy pleasure and delight and make somebody subservient to the other person. Oneness cannot be achieved with destructive dominance. So dominance is a prominent feature in most marriages that we have all seen. Some of us grew up in a home where there's destructive dominance. Sometimes it's the man that is dominating. Some other times it's the woman that is dominating the, the, the home. And, you know, we've grown up with all these negative vibes, if you permit me to, to use that word. And then getting into marriage now, we have distorted opinions about these things. We feel that they're, they're supposed to be one level of dominance or the other, you know. But one, what we don't understand is that dominance is part of the curse that God placed after the fall of Adam and Eve. Dominance was not there at the beginning. At the beginning in Eden, they were two equals. When Adam saw his wife, he said, this is now the bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh does not, it does not look like my servant or my slave or somebody that I want to dominate. No, this is my equal. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. But in Genesis 3 and verse 16, when you read the new English translation, Genesis uh, 3 and verse 16, this is what is there. It says, uh, to the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your labor, your labor pain. This is the curse that God placed on Eve because of what they did. I will greatly increase your labor pain. With pain, you will give birth to children. Look at the, the B part of it. He said, you will want to control your husband, but he will dominate you. You will want to control your husband, but he will dominate you. What was God saying? After the fall of man, marriage or union of two people will always suffer destructive dominance. It will either come from the woman, because the Bible says here, you will want to control your husband, but he will dominate you. It's either it will come from the woman, like we saw in the life of Jezebel, in 1 Kings 17, 18, all the way down, up to 20-something of 1 Kings, you see Jezebel manifesting control, brought the worship of Baal into the kingdom. Where the kingdom of Israel, where God was supposed to be ruling, was killing the, uh, the prophets of God, and the king Ahab was there. There was destructive dominance. Ladies and gentlemen, Jezebel is not a woman, it's a spirit, it's an ideology of dominance in marriage. So when you look at a woman that is well dressed and gorgeous, don't call her Jezebel. Jezebel is a spirit, it's not a woman. A man can be a Jezebel. That's what I'm trying to say. A man can be a Jezebel. A man can operate under the spirit of destructive dominance in his home and destroy the oneness code, and then you'll be wondering why his marriage is falling apart. It's very important that we understand that. Sin produces a conflict or power struggle. And a lot of the time, it's our mind, power struggle between a man and woman. But Christ, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So a Christ man and Christ woman we call a truce and seek to live harmoniously together. That's what the, uh, God described uh, to us in the scriptures when you read Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21. That's what you see there. So uh, in rounding off today, I needed to note this when it comes to destructive dominance. Five major causes of destructive dominance. I'll see how I can run through this in two, three minutes right now. Strong personalities. Uh, a strong personality will cause destructive dominance in marriage. If you are a, a dominant director, D personality, or alpha male or alpha female, whatever you want to call it, you are a go-getter, a pusher, a choleric temperament. 
You stand the risk of wanting to bring control into your marriage. I beg you in the name of Jesus today that you seek to understand humility. Humility means submitting in the, uh, to one another in the fear of God. And it starts with submitting to God first. Then you can submit to your partner. It's not bad to be a choleric. It's not bad to be a strong personality. But you, you, you shouldn't make it a destructive dominance in your marriage. That's what I'm saying. Your, your relationship, you may even be single. Listen to me right now. Maybe you're single and you're wondering why people are running away from you as a man or a woman. If people sense unhealthy dominance, they will run. And you know, it's more complicated when you have a dominant personality, an alpha personality, a choleric that is now, that now has means, that has a bit of affluence. It's a bad case. Yeah. If there's no humility, it's a bad case. There's nothing wrong with a choleric being rich or wealthy, but it calls for greater level of humility. The kind of humility that we saw in the life of John the Baptist. The kind of humility that we saw in the life of Christ when uh, the devil came to him in the pinnacle of the temple and he said, you can do anything. You have the means. God even says, we'll send angels down. Why don't you just jump, display your power? Turn, you know, this, this stone to bread. You have the power. And Jesus said, no. That's the kind of humility I'm talking about. Power under control. You are strong already. You have a strong personality. You can talk better than your spouse. You have more money than your spouse, but you can be subservient. You can, starting with God, you can submit everything with, to God so that your marriage will work. May the devil no longer use your personality to destroy your marriage and destroy your relationships uh, in the name of Jesus. May the, an end come to delay in your marital destiny because of your dominance nature in the name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody say a big amen to that. God is breaking yokes today. Chains are breaking right now in the mind of people. God is calling people to humility. Humility of heart. Humility of heart. And if you're married or you're in a relationship with somebody who has a strong personality, you need to learn this, that loving correction and standing your ground is what will bring glory to God in that relationship. You have to be able to lovingly correct and then stand your ground. Stand your ground. In the relationship between Abraham and Sarah, we see all kinds of that there. Uh, when the issue of Agar came in, Sarah was the one that said, uh, Oga, uh, my, my husband, please take this, since God is delaying, take this woman. And then when the woman then had a baby, Agar couldn't, I mean, Sarah couldn't take it again. Maltreated this, this woman. I don't even know her personality type. Maybe she was uh, a bit of choleric. Maltreated this woman. The woman ran away first and then came back. God said, she go back. She went back. And then when she now had Isaac, there was a problem between, you know, the, the, the son of the bondwoman, Ishmael, and Isaac. And then this time around, Sarah stood her ground and said, this woman is living. Abraham said, no. But Abraham was willing to listen to God because when you read the scripture there, God spoke to Abraham and said, uh, um, no, 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 you're not going to fight with this woman on this, this matter. I think this is Genesis uh, 21 or so, if you can help me look, look for that scripture. said, you're not, you're, not, you're not going to fight with this woman on this matter. This is what is going to happen. You're going to agree with her. And Abraham put, you know, some provision for the woman and her son. And early in the morning, release them to go. Yeah, release them to go. And before you know it, uh, um, the story changed. You know, uh, uh, the story changed. There was calmness in that home. So you see submission here and there. Submission here and there. But when you read from 1 Peter chapter 3, from verse 3 to 6, you will see what Peter was writing about, about Sarah. Saying that Sarah called Abraham Lord. Say, let not your adorning. 1 Peter 3 and verse, uh, verse 3. Let not your adorning be uh, that of the uh, merely outward arrangement of wig and, uh, you know, and uh, mascara and all those things. He said, but uh, uh, meekness of heart. He said, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with uh, incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. That's humility on the part of the woman right now. And he said, uh, 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 he said, just like Sarah, the same Sarah that stood her ground. He said, Sarah called Abraham Lord. So it can be a bit confusing, but I'm saying that in different situations of life, a woman submits. A man submit. Ephesians 5 and 21, the B part, 
He said, submitting to one another in the fear of God. The big part of Ephesians uh, uh, 5 and 21. Submitting to one another, yeah, uh, submitting to one another in the fear of God. That's what the scripture says there. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. The submission is not one-sided. It's not one-sided. It's, it's one another, one another. So a strong personality may create problems. Iniquities and negative uh, inner vows. My time is up, but I, I, I just run through uh, uh, the rest. Iniquity and negative inner vows. What do I mean by that? The word iniquity in the scripture means to bend or twist a sin tendency or a bend in an area of life because of negative influence of parents. That's what happens. It becomes very disproportionate, you know, uh, way of doing things. Uh, uh, when you, sometimes you see uh, a very disproportionate number of dominant people along the a generation in the family line. The father was a tyrant, the son was a tyrant, and then the grandson a tyrant. The same thing, this woman was a, you know, uh, a Jezebel, and this, like that, like that. It has created a bent. A bent is a tilt, how you want to go. When we come into a marriage, not straight, but bent, because of what we have seen at home, it creates a problem, especially in the area of dominance. And also inner vows. When somebody has vowed personally, no man will ever treat me like that in my life. Maybe you saw something at home or in your uncle's house. And you told yourself, no man will ever treat me like that in my life. And then you get into marriage like that. That inner vow is there. Making you resist in fear. Any attempt to be too submissive. And it can be a man too. Saying no woman will ever talk to me like that in my life. If a woman talks to me like that, I will deal with her. And the thing is there. The day your wife makes a mistake or a lady that you're in courtship with dating makes a mistake to say something. Maybe it's just a mistake. The, the response is no longer commensurate with the action because there's an inner vow that is driving you. A distorted concept of male authority. Like I've said before, Ephesians 5 and 21, it says submitting to one another in the fear of God. So it's not about only the woman submitting. Because verse 22 now say, uh, wives submit to your own husband. And then later I said, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. So it's a rhythm. It's a rhythm. It's a rhythm. Ephesians 5, 21, 22, 23. If you can frame it and put it on the wall in your house, it will help you. So you see the rhythm. We submit to one another in the fear of God. Then wives submit to your husband. Husband love your wife. It's a rhythm. Yeah. The response, there's a loving response uh, to submission and the submission becomes a response to the loving submission of the husband also. So we can listen to one another. It's very, very important. Pride is another thing that creates negative dominance. Pride, pride, pride. First Samuel 15 and 23, uh, uh, it says there in the A part, it said, For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity of idolatry. Stubbornness, stubbornness, stubbornness. Stubbornness. Some people literally worship their own opinion. You worship your own opinion. Thank God for Google Map. But a man and his wife, they're going somewhere. And the man said, we can take this route and we'll get there fast. And then the woman said, no, no, let's take this other route. And the man says, no, but let's take the one that I said we should take. He said, well, well, you, are, you are the one that's always right. Uh, don't you know that uh, the last time we, we took what you said we should, we should take, uh, we didn't get there on time. Uh, you, you need to respect me because I'm always right. I'm being right much more than you. Be worshiping your, your rightness and your own opinion. Because it's, sometimes it's pride when we cannot just let go and say, okay, let's, let's just go your own way. Or this time around, let's go your own way. And like I said, thank God for Google Maps because it will tell you your ETA, and then arguments is settled. Uh, but in certain areas of life, you don't have Google Maps. Yeah, you don't have uh, a GPS to, to, to tell you when you're going to get there. Uh, you have to be able to pander to one another and agree to disagree and then agree. And go, submit yourself to one another. Last day today, fear and insecurity. Fear and insecurity. Let's deal with every form of fear, every insecurity in our home, it will help us to get to that place called oneness, that place that is called oneness. So this week, this week's recipe is that you disarm destructive dominance and embrace true oneness. 
every kind of destructive dominance around your relationship. It's time to disarm them and embrace true oneness. I want you to lift up your voice right now and receive grace, receive grace, receive grace for the things that God wants to do in your life this season. Uh, the, an end has come to every season of delay in the life of everyone. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I decree today and I declare that the hand of God comes upon you, comes upon your marital destiny in the name of Jesus. Uh, there's grace, there's favor. Everything that is causing delay is removed in the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, we thank you for grace for oneness. Oneness, grace for oneness comes upon everyone. Everyone partaker of this service today. Our homes will no longer break. We stand against every negative force of destructive dominance in every home. We receive the spirit of humility over every home. Will you lift your hand today and declare, I receive the spirit of humility in the name of the Lord Jesus. I will spice my home and my relationship uh, with oneness in the name of Jesus. We will submit to one another in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless your name. We give you glory and we give you praise. And this week, I decree, as you go into your week, enjoy the grace of God. Enjoy the hand of God over your life. May the favor of God come upon your home as you uh, engage in activities that will lead to oneness. May the blessing of, of heaven rest upon your home. May struggles be taken out of your life in the name of the Lord Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. In just one word of prayer, can I pray for anyone who may be saying, PG, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior, or, or, or sin has separated me from God. I want to come back to God. I want to rededicate my life to Him. Can I say a prayer with you right now? Uh, will you put your right hand on your heart? Uh, if you can, if your hand is not busy, and just say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. So I ask that you forgive me my sin and that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior from this moment forward in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for accepting the prayer of everyone today in Jesus' name. Uh, uh, if you just said that prayer with me, I want you to go to the chat room and just let us know that you just made a decision by just typing there, I, I just gave my life to Christ. I just gave my life to Christ or I rededicated my life to Christ. If you write it there, we'll know. Uh, the, the, the decision that you just made and we'll be able to create uh, uh, some support for you from this moment forward. Uh, can I ask if you just made a decision and you got the link on, uh, on our chat or if you're watching on TV and you can see uh, the, the link uh, maybe for the Zoom meeting or whatever. I wanted to try to uh, just join us for about five to seven minutes. We will love uh, to, to encourage you to, to, to also to give you some materials that will help you to grow and become a stronger Christian and that will make your faith in Christ uh, to, to ab uh, abide and abound in the name of Jesus. All right, very quickly, uh, I want to pray over our communion materials uh, as, we, as we share the communion together as a church family today. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, I want you to know that in our services, we take communion. And uh, if you have any communion material, whether it's bread, wafer, cake, whatever it is, uh, wine, juice, water, just bring it out right now and let's pray together. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to do this in remembrance of you. Uh, you said that your body was broken for us and your blood was shed for us, for our redemption and our salvation. As we partake of this today, we receive grace over every home, every marriage, every marital destiny. Grace for a mighty deliverance, redemption in the name of Jesus, for healing, for restoration in the name of Jesus. Anyone who has suffered delay in fulfillment of marital destiny will decree as we go into a new week, let the heavens open like never before. Make this season a season of divine connection in the name of Jesus. Let there be healing in homes. Let there be restoration. Let people who have been separated come back together in the name of Jesus. Overturn and overturn and overturn. Let the curse of separation and divorce be broken over a family in the name of Jesus. Let bitterness be healed. Thank you, Father, for grace, for forgiveness as we partake of this table today. We'll give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Please go ahead and partake of the communion. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. As you partake of the communion, please give God the glory and all the praise as you commit your ways into his hand, the trusting God for healing. This is the time for you to release your faith because I see pain giving way at this time. I see growth disappearing. 
I see the hand of God coming upon you. I see restoration in your life and in your home in the name of the Lord Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. If you're watching me with us for the first time on any of our platforms or TV or, or wherever you're watching from, if it's your first time ever of being a part of any event online of the Elevation Church, I want to welcome you very, very specially. If you don't mind, can you go to the chat room or just using any of the number or the email on the screen to let us know that it's your first time. If it's your first time, we want to know about it, we want to celebrate you. And I also encourage that you join us on our Zoom platform. Uh, 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 I mean, this time around, you, you identify yourself as just a first-time guest. We'd love to celebrate you and welcome you very specially. The moment the, this uh, broadcast is over, I want you to join us right there on the Zoom platform, and we would love to welcome you very, very specially. If you're on any of our social media platform, you can also drop us a line to let us know that it's your first time, and we would love to celebrate you. We have a link that has been posted on those platforms with which uh, you can uh, uh, be a part of uh, anything that we have, a gift that we have for you uh, that we believe will be of encouragement for you. So if you want to be, uh, be able to pick up that gift, please either join us on the Zoom platform or hit on the link in the, uh, 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 on the chat room there, and it will be our pleasure to engage with you. Thank you, and God bless you. All right, very quickly, can we uh, give to God uh, as we... Uh, finalize our worship today. Our worship is never complete without worshiping Him with our substance. It says, honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruit of all of your increase. It's time for us to honor God with our substance. This is not a donation, it's a worship. And I want you to approach it with a heart of worship. Uh, when we give our seed, when we give our offerings, our tithe, we're worshiping God. And it's a privilege to be a part of what God is doing in our world today. Uh, so I want you to package your seed right now. Get out your gadget, your, your phone, your, your, your laptop, uh, we're giving electronically, so let's do it right now. The, the, the details are on the screen, and the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So as you send in your seed today, do it cheerfully, and the hand of God and the grace of God comes upon your work, your business, bringing restoration, bringing increase in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for everyone that is honoring you with a tithe, with a seed, with an offering today. We ask that you look upon their seed favorably. Accept it as a worship, and let the heavens open over them in the name of of the Lord Jesus. So there are many ways we give, and that's been displayed on the screen. Uh, if you're local in Nigeria, you can use any of the banks, uh, wire transfer, short code. And if you're abroad watching this from outside of Nigeria, you can use the global gateway, uh, payment gateway for international, which is elevationng.org forward slash giving. You can use any of your cards. It's a secured platform, or you can just do a wire transfer through the GT Bank uh, details that are right there on the screen. Thank you for honoring God with your giving today. And the God that you have honored will bless you abundantly in the name of Jesus. Uh, some quick announcements before we uh, wrap this all up. Uh, the Hangout, which is a singles, I mean, singles Hangout for 2020, uh, we hold on Friday 25th and Saturday the 26th online. It's the first time we're having it online. So all singles, uh, we expect uh, for you uh, to, to be a part of it. So get ready for life-changing conversations, lots of fun. And details are, uh, you know, being displayed on the screen. You can see that. I'm also going to uh, uh, headline this year's Hangout with a short talk. Uh, my friend uh, and sister from One Community Church in Dallas, Texas, uh, Pastor Jada Edwards, will also uh, headline this year's Hangout with another very inspirational and revelatory talk that will bless your life. And uh, many uh, fun stuff, music, comedy, and all kinds of things, games, and uh, a time of, you know, knowing more people and connecting with people online. So please join us for Anger 2020. It promises to be great. We're also going to have a vow renewal event this time around. Uh, this vow renewal event is not going to be the usual one that we do during the service on Sunday. This will now hold on Saturday, uh, the 26th of September, uh, coming Saturday, 26th of September, and it will be from 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be online, and it promises to be a great, great time uh, of of renewing our commitment to one another. Uh, like I said, it will be uh, an evening of fun and romance as we reaffirm our love and commitment for one another again. So you need to register. Uh, the registration link is being displayed on the screen. Please register to be a part of it and you can invite your, your friends, your couple friends uh, to also uh, register and be a part of it. It's not limited to members of the Elevation Church alone, but we want uh, tech members, please register and be a part of it. Promises to be a really great time. We're looking forward to it. And I pray that the blessing of God rests upon you this week. Uh, God's hand goes with you everywhere you go. He holds your steps. You're going out and you're coming in. They're all blessed. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, stay tuned for a little more announcement and we'll bring the service to a close. God bless you. See you on Wednesday at Switch. Bye for now. We trust that you've had a wonderful time in God's presence. Our Spicy Wednesdays continue this week at Switch, our midweek event. Join us as we discuss the spice and the spoiler, how to make or maim your relationship, and then next Wednesday the 30th for a special worship experience. It will stream live on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Mixlr. So ensure you follow us or subscribe to our social media channels at Elevation NG so that you can get service alerts when we start. Please join us for our morning prayers, Mondays to Saturdays, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. West African time on Zoom and Mixlr. The links are now displayed and would be shared on our various social media platforms. Our annual singles event, The Hangout, is here again and this time it will hold strictly online this Friday the 25th September at 6.30 p.m. and on Saturday the 26th September at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. It will be a time to interact, network, connect and learn about nurturing wholesome and healthy relationships. The event will feature our very own Pastor Godman Akinlabi and other pastors such as Jada Edwards, Kunle Oshunkunle, Kingsley Egbilem Obom, and Pastor Debo Omotunde. There will also be comedy and music by Kenny Black, Forever, and P4 String Quartet. Register now at singles.elevationng.org. Please note that this event is strictly for singles. Exciting news for the couples in the house. Our annual vows renewal event is here again. This year it holds online, so get ready for a celebratory event themed for better, for worse, forever. This Saturday, the 26th of September from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on Zoom, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Register now via the link displayed on the screen. Membership class holds this Saturday, the 26th of September at 8 a.m. online. To become a registered member of the Elevation Church, please register via the link now displayed. Night of Increase, our quarterly vigil is here again. It holds online on Friday, the 2nd of October at 7 p.m. prompt. It will stream live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Mixlr at Elevation NG. Invite your friends, family, and colleagues and get set for an encounter with God. If you haven't already, please sign up to be a part of the online community where you can engage with people online for counsel, prayer, and even friendship. Simply visit onlinechurch.elevationng.org to join in, and you can also join a small group by sending an email to smallgroups at elevationng.org. If you have a testimony, please share it by sending an email to testimonies at elevationng.org. And if you want to reach us at any time during this week, we're just an email or a call away. Simply mail us via info at elevationng.org or call us on 0700-ELEVATE. That's 0700-353-8283. Don't forget to speak to someone about Jesus this week. God bless you and have a great week. Did you know that we also broadcast our services on TV? That's right. You can save some precious data and watch us on the following channels. Always have a beyond the ordinary experience if you place your faith in the supernatural. I'm very glad you have decided to embark on this study we're called Pleasing God. Uh, sometimes we forget that our relationship with God is symbiotic. We can be so laser focused on getting from God that we forget that we were created for his good pleasure. So, just as we would love to be pleased by him, by God, he also wants to be pleased by us. Uh, and as, as we go on together in this study, we will learn how to please God.